Welcome to Fable and the Verbivore. I'm Fable, Beth Stedman. And I'm the Verbivore, Laura Johnson. And this is a podcast for writers who read, readers who write, and, and everyone, everyone who, who loves, loves words. Today we're continuing our conversation about Lord of the Rings, um, but kind of taking maybe a little broader scope this time. Yeah. Um, and we're going to focus just talking about magic practitioners, magic mm-hmm. systems, wizards in, in lore and different, <laughs> different shows and movies. Um, so this one obviously has some very well-known and classic wizards. Yes. <laughs> and I think also some like that have just been interesting and fun. And... I think that's what's amazing about magic yeah. um, users in general is there's so many different places to go with it. Mm-hmm. And obviously, this isn't the first story with magic, but I do think it has like a legacy that has been really influential in some of the things that we've seen, yeah. which is pretty cool. And obviously for The Lord of the Rings, we have several yeah. and they're very different. Yeah, it's true. We have Saruman. They stand out even more um, because of their differences in the way they're contrasted with each other. Absolutely. And I think having those different elements, Mm -hmm. it it then they value different things. They actually practice different types of magic. Saruman the White, we know actually the least about his specific types of magic, but we do know that he's able to control. He's been able to control birds. There, There is suggestions that he can control some form of, have influence on people, um, even potentially manipulating them through his words, potentially, yeah. but maybe even his magic. And I think that's kind of fascinating. It's almost that, like, having that ability to enter into someone's mind that kind of we see later in X-Men. <laughs> that like yeah. with professor x um but actually using it to change people and how they they think and what they fear yeah. well and it's yeah. interesting that he's then the one that falls you know yes. like almost that ability to control people is is already kind of bordering on this um gray area yes absolutely (laughs) it's a little easier maybe for him to to not value life as much as other yeah absolutely it it would be fascinating to see the character before he's corrupted because obviously he goes from saruman the white to saruman the many colored and you have kind of this element of we see him on the downside of that so we don't really know what led to his yeah. becoming the leader of the the white council and everyone revering him so much because we know that people view it as a huge loss when they find out yeah yeah that's true he would be an interesting side story <laughs> he really would like i i would i would be i'd be interested in that like prequel that's yes. like looking into his his experiences in his life and even seeing gandalf like Early might be fascinating too. Are they both in the Cimmerillion? Or no, it's the only part of the series I haven't read. Um, so I haven't read it either, okay, which so is surprising. Are, so um, I've read key moments from it, but uh-huh. it it was too dry for even me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> which is saying well, it's something. Be too dry for yeah. me. 
And there's some beautiful little moments in it, but it is it is a hard the history. Read. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of my understanding. So. Actually, just quick side note, mm-hmm. Aaron told me a story where someone thought that they were reading the first book in The Lord of the Rings and they picked up the Silmarillion and they're just like, I can't get through it. Like, <laughs> it's just so like... Dense. <laughs> and it's like, I, the second he was telling me that story, he didn't lead with that it. it was a Silmarillion. And I'm like, it was a Silmarillion, wasn't it? He's like, yeah. <laughs> but that's... It would be fascinating, even if it was in there, yeah. to pull it out and, like, flesh it out. Yeah, like, totally. when that comes out of it's no longer part of, like, <laughs> the copyright, it's like, someone get on that one. Because yeah. I would like to see it. Yeah. it. And because, you know, Gandalf mm-hmm. the Grey that we love yeah. reveres him mm-hmm. and... and f- felt like he was an ally before that part where he turns on them very early in the story well and connected with those two and we'll talk about Gandalf in just a sec but I love Radagast the brown um and I love that he is kind of diminished and thought of as kind of the lower of the wizards and that he values growing things and that he talks to animals and like the the rabbits and like, there's there's just so much about that character he's kind of um a really unsung hero at yeah. points yeah. like he does come through in little places within you know the hobbit and and he's trying to do the right thing yeah. in the lord of the rings like i just think that there's elements of that character that also kind of mirrors some of those symbols we've been talking about that sometimes we diminish Mm -hmm. some of those um things about growing things and yes yes but that i do think have rippling effects and i like how that plays out in his character in general within the greater context of the story but i think also, as we as readers come to these stories, we might also have the same type of feel yeah. that we have more of a revere for someone who is like Saruman with his powers and he can do amazing things. But sometimes it's really that that little thing that has a big impact, that has growth, that that changes things. And I just love his character because of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we all come to it with our own bias, and, and it sort of highlights those bias in, in, in a lot of ways, like even with the hobbits, as we talked about before. Yeah. Yeah. Then with Gandalf. Yeah. <laughs> I love him. Oh, Me too. <laughs> what are your favorite things about his character? He's just so great. <laughs> I, love, I love the way that he can say so much with so little. Yes. Like, and just kind of drop these little like pieces of wisdom in there yes um it, it feels like a great way i mean we talked before about not preaching at your hmm. reader but when you have a character like gandalf this sort of parental f- figure in some yes. ways you have the ability sometimes to to just drop these subtle things in without it coming across as, as preaching because it comes from this very real place of the character and their experience hmm. and their life and their life knowledge um and i love those kinds of characters in you general. Too. Like, give me all the old hags and the old, like, <laughs> you know, the, 
the cute little old ladies and all of that. Yes. Um, and so he has kind of this feel of this older, wiser mentor figure that I just, it's a story type art. What's the word that I'm looking for? Um, like an archetype? Yeah, yeah, an archetype that I just really love and I've always gravitated towards. Um, but I also love that he's kind of playful in places yes. and like kind of... Um, Grumpy? You know, he, Sorry. Yeah, yeah, he can be kind of grumpy. Like, he feels really fleshed out. Like, he can be super serious and powerful and, like, this is what we're doing. And, like, you shall not take, pass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and even, like, in The Hobbit, when he's just, like, Bilbo's going. You know? like, everyone's showing up at his house, even though Bilbo doesn't want to. You know, like, he can, he can be a little, like, tomineering and all of that but he also has this very like soft side and this grumpy side yes and it's kind of like he just feels many layers I definitely agree with that and and he's almost like it's it's for your own good type of thing (laughs) like that we're going and it's for your own good and I I do I love that archetype as well I do like that there's edges I like that there's facets I like that you know fool of a took why don't you throw yourself in next time and rid us of your I like that he gets angry like that it it sounds so silly but I think sometimes you have this strong character Mm -hmm. who has who doesn't have edges who doesn't have those flaws yes And it's, uh, this is completely, like, in another thing, but it's almost like Hamish in The Hunger Games. Like, you need to have, like, they need to have something that they can't be overpowered. Like, you have to have a character who has, you have some uncertainty of even what they're going to do, even if they're helpful, even though you know that in a pinch, when it, when the chips are down, you can have them do the thing that needs to be done. You can have them do the hard thing, the sacrificial play. You can have them give the information that you need, but you can also have them do things that make things more complicated yeah. and make them fallible in that way where even they acknowledge. I love that too, that he like acknowledges, I don't know. Yes. <laughs> you know, we're just like, <laughs> we're just doing what I think is right. You know, like, <laughs> And it's great. Like, you don't have this sense. Like, you have this sort of sense that he kind of has a plan and knows more Mm -hmm. of what's going on than he lets on. But you also have this sense that he doesn't know everything and is very much still in the dark on things like the other characters. Yes. Um, And I think that's really good. In in an odd way, I kind of feel like he serves as the stand-in for the author. Mm. Um, And I don't mean just, like, talking, but... Like, I think he serves as a, he serves as a plot device sometimes. Yeah. But in a way that doesn't let the reader know. Right. (laughs) And in a way that feels very natural and intrinsic to him as a character. Yes. Because he gets characters to do things that they wouldn't naturally do, which is essentially like then, it's an external, like, plot device moving the story where the author wants the story to go instead of where the characters want the story to go. Yes. And sometimes that can be a really bad choice. But when it's done like this, coming from a character that intrinsically wants that thing um then i think it can be really helpful and a really powerful tool yes and especially when all choices are complicated and bad choices because then we don't have an easy out that we're like 
why aren't they taking the easy out? And especially in something like this, where it's going to be this step followed by this step followed by this step, it is really wonderful to have a character who then comes in and makes the decision and pushes them in a different direction. And even when we have all of a sudden something that becomes a like the the mountain when the mountain is dropping rocks on them then they have to go Gandalf's way and we realize that there's been a discussion all the way along that's been happening between them and I I love those elements of it it even gives it a naturalness that it doesn't feel like we're being played with even though we probably are like 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 we like it is because that's how it's designed but it doesn't make us we don't see the hand we don't see the inner workings we just see how things are changing and moving and where we're going based on those things well and even those moments where he calls out characters or like kind of drops a truth bomb or whatever it feels like a a stand-in for the author like it's the author being able to kind of say something that they want to say but in a way that doesn't come across preaching because again it's intrinsic to this character it's intrinsic to who the character is created to be um and what that character wants and knows and yes and i i love that exposition and knowledge Mm -hmm. drop through his mouth really easily Um, because of his age, because of how many ages of man he's seen. And I love that it also drops into his mind and he forgets and remembers. Mm, yes, and you you recognize that as someone who is so old, mm-hmm. that having so much in their head, yeah. you know, you buy it. Like, yeah. there's that place in Moria where he doesn't remember, like, what yeah. how to get in. Yeah. And you totally buy that. You're yeah. like, yeah, I totally get that. Even with the ring, like, he, he knows Bilbo has it for yeah. a while, but he doesn't really kind of remember the significance of it. Like, cause, right. because otherwise, as the reader, like, it would be a plot hole, right? Yes. He'd be like, why didn't Gandalf just take right. this from in the beginning but it's it's again it's a plot device yes so that the plot hole doesn't exist it's totally manipulation of the reader but it works absolutely because we're, we're willing to buy into it because we recognize that yeah okay i i totally believe that your right. things are not known things. absolutely yeah. well and you also have a character that is saruman who has all the knowledge yes. and that's why because saruman fills that gap of knowledge yes. and he being the person who he is Hoards it to himself. Yes. <laughs> and I, I think, as you said, like, it makes sense of something that would potentially be, mm-hmm. what the heck? Like, yeah. <laughs> why, don't, why doesn't he know or why doesn't he question? Yeah. And I, I really love that element. I, it's interesting because I, um, I think that Hermione is actually used in similar ways with yes. knowledge to bring knowledge out in Harry Potter yeah. at very key moments. Yes. Um, where we need to know something and yes. she's actually able to say something really easily that under someone else or it would feel... solve a problem. Right, <laughs> absolutely. Like she'll just step in with some right. knowledge that solves the problem. Yes. And, and if we didn't love her so much and know, so, like, believe so much that yes. absolutely she would do that, it would feel like we're being manipulated, but it doesn't. Absolutely. And what's funny is when... You believe that also people keep it from her until yes. they like are without any other option because they're like she's just gonna come in and like, <laughs> yes. like do it and that's obnoxious. I love that. I absolutely yeah. do. And I I love that his character from a magic standpoint is dynamic. Like I love that he can do fireworks and I yes. love that he can also like take down you know stand firm against the Balrog. Mm-hmm. 
I think that those two things are sometimes like you don't have the playfulness. You don't have both of those sides of like playfulness and then strength, but strength that also is failing. Because in that part, he's actually talking about he's so weak. Yeah. Well, and I love that. Like, Tolkien doesn't use magic to get out of situations. Yes. Like, he'll use other things sometimes to get out of situations. Yes, absolutely. But not magic. (laughs) You know, someone will ride to the rescue or whatever, Mm -hmm. and and great. But (laughs) Right in time. (laughs) Yes. But he doesn't use magic to escape the character's troubles. And I, I think that that's something often when, as writers, we're developing a magic system, we can kind of write ourselves into hole in some ways but yes. not like kind of we write ourselves in the opposite of a hole if that makes sense like yes. we give our characters so much power and so much magic that then it's like well they can just solve all their problems right like, why are they not solving all their problems right like, um and why are they not using this magic here and so then you have these yeah it just makes a mess of things even Thaddeus and I are watching them uh, we've been watching it for a while, but Agents of Shield, and there are so many times mm. when he's like, "Why doesn't Daisy just like <laughs> yes. use her like power? Why is she just fighting them?" <laughs> you know, like right. And it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. Yes. <laughs> um, and so having characters that have magic, but have magic that's not all encompassing, that's limited, that's small, that's fading, that's only does certain things. Um, I think is super smart um, yes. because it just allows you to keep that tension up. It allows mm-hmm. the stakes to stay high and it's almost more interesting too because you can then have different characters have different types of subtle magic like in this. Absolutely. Um, and no one is all powerful. Yes. Well, and when you also have that powerful character, like they take him off the board. Yeah. And it's funny because, again, I'm going to make an X-Men Professor X <laughs> reference. Sometimes they have him like taken out like he's he's unable like he's unconscious yeah. or like, like because he is so powerful that you're like professor x would just do this yeah. but they take gandalf out um tolkien takes him out in such a key moment yes. that it has so much emotional resonance and right where it happens in the story is really i think it's key also because he is the leader of the company, and so you have to have Aragorn come to the front yeah. and try to yeah, make sure some is. sense of yeah. this. Absolutely. It's the same as Dumbledore, right? Like, yeah. he's dying. Right? Oh, my goodness. He has to die. Yes. Like, it doesn't work any other way. You have to take him out. Because yes. Because Harry needs to stand up and, and lead, and because if he's around, he's too powerful to solve the problem. Absolutely. So it's the same thing here with Gandalf. Well, and I love that because, like, even the setups of that, like the the only wizard that he ever feared in yeah. Harry Potter, like the second that was said, I'm like, oh, you feel that, yeah. like you feel that he has always st- stood in front, yeah. and same thing with Frodo, he has always stood in front, and you feel like nothing will ever separate him yeah. from Frodo. Mm-hmm. He won't abandon him or go someplace else this has to happen like the sacrifice has to happen but you also have to have something that naturally separates him from from it so that he's not even tempted to follow because i do think in addition to a lot of things that are going on with this story i think he's able to subtly force things that then become the only right way like it's okay i'm Spoiler alert. It's like, you know, end game when you have the one right way that this will work. And so you have to have all these things click in. And if someone dies 
in you know Infinity War. They aren't there to do the thing that they have to do at the end of Endgame. And I think that kind of that subtlety of like they're meant to go just the two of them and Gollum is meant to join with them. Yeah. We fear like what Gollum will do yeah. in those parts because we don't realize that that's how this works. The yeah. machine doesn't work without Gollum being there for the part of Mount Doom. Mm-hmm. And I like how just the choices and the things that they face yeah. naturally break up that company of the fellowship so that everyone then has to go out and do their things and the story naturally expands yeah he once said you know that it grew in the telling and i believe it because yeah yeah, these tree branches going other places we've talked about that too though with trilogies like it i want that like i want the second book to be bigger and and broader and expand the world and i want the third to do that even more yeah Um, and i think the best trilogies do exactly that yeah it Um, reminded me of caraval as we talked about that with the the growth of going from contained to broader to broadest yeah totally well and i think it's interesting like there is kind of this element of like, you don't notice it because yeah. it's done so well. But there is this element of God and the machine in this yes. in Lord of the Rings. You yes. know, like, there are very clear things that have to happen. Yes. And, <laughs> and I mean, even just what you were saying with Gollum. And then, <laughs> but we buy into it because they're so believable. Mm. The things that lead up to them are so believable. Yes. Um, Gandalf, you know, taking Gandalf off the board is so believable, like, how it happens and where it happens and all of that. Yes. And, and I think that's really important especially when you're working with magic systems because um, magic tends to solve a lot of problems. And so you have almost always, if you have a magic system, you have this element of God in the machine. Absolutely. And you have to, as the author, be very careful not to show your hand. Yes. And I think even as we talk about power of magic, you can't have a powerful magic person going up against a problem that is the same. Like you really do have to grow whatever they're coming up against so that it's bigger sometimes literally or sometimes powerfully and you kind of need that element of what is going to be the thing that allows them to walk away from this potentially or at least in the case of the Belrog to be able to have a neutral experience so that he's not overpowered and I do think that it's that ability to willingness to sacrifice like even being on that bridge Mm -hmm. and coming out and doing the I mean the I know that there are so many memes that are like you shall not pass (laughs) that it's still like a beautiful and powerful thing and you almost think that he's won like you have this moment of thinking that oh my goodness he's walking away from this and then with the like little moment with the whip it's like the hope is there and then it's like pulled out but it's just such better right just let them win or let them fail right away like it's so (laughs) powerful and you think he's gone like that entire scene is so powerful because you've bought it you know that when he says fly you fools and he falls Mm -hmm. and when they grieve Mm -hmm. You don't think he's coming back. Yeah. You don't have any tip of the... And I think hiding that, too, like, 
holding it back. Everyone who hears it buys it. The elves are grieving and singing these lamentations in Lorien. And I just think it really does a great job of kind of buying into itself mm-hmm. that so that we buy into it. Yes. We don't... I have a significant hatred of <laughs> stories that bring people back willy-nilly and that totally watered down yeah. death. Yeah. In this case, though, we don't see him die. Like, we just yeah. assume. Like, we just assume we know the end. He yeah. just disappears, and he's gone. And we feel the way they feel. Right. Yeah, that's so true. Well, and then it is... Um, it feels believable when he does come back, yes. too, though. Because there mm-hmm. is a, a clear explanation. Yes. Like, it doesn't just feel like, oh, I need him to go back now, so he's back. You know <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it kind of is that. Absolutely. (laughs) But if you give the reader a reason, then you can get away with a lot. Yes. And it's almost giving that that openness to doubt, but without signaling that you've done it. I think sometimes we don't do it soft enough. So yeah, that's that, people highlight the fact, or like yeah. the characters are like, well, we didn't see him die. Or, right. You know, so, right. but that just makes the reader think that. Right. So it, They're like, okay, he's coming back exactly. in three chapters, you know so we're not going to really feel <laughs> exactly. the thing. Yeah. So don't yeah. let your characters think that. <laughs> Absolutely. You just don't tip your hand. Yes. Yes. And I, I think we buy it because we also know the character. Like, yeah. the character is so wily and yeah. he's scrappy. Like, yeah. even the fact that he gets through the clutches of Saruman. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, we could argue that Saruman should have done other things, <laughs> but I think it also plays into Saruman having his kind of arrogance yes. play against him. Like, yes. you buy that too. Yeah. Um, but I I think when that moment when he comes back, especially because there's that, the white wizard, yeah. we have that play of... Oh no, it's Saruman. Yes, <laughs> like which is wonderful Again, cloaking. It's with those emotions, yeah. you know, it's not letting him just come back and it be oh yay victory he won. Yes, and it's not letting him just die. You know, like it's yes. giving us that little moment where we think it's gonna be one thing and then <laughs> ripping it out from under us. It's exactly the same thing that happens when he gets pulled, you know, pulled down, but it's just in the opposite way. It, it's such a beautiful subversion, and I just I love that. I really, I. I think we don't all often really appreciate how good a subversion yes. can be because we want to be clear in our writing. I think yeah. sometimes that yeah. sometimes well, we lean clear, too heavily. Though. You know, like there's yeah. not yeah. uncertainty. It's not like, muddy. Yeah, you you think he's gonna win the the, the bridge and yeah. then he doesn't, and you think he's it's Saruman and then it's not. Like you just. Yeah. Make your reader think something and then change it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Play with our feelings. Yes. <laughs> Make us feel, and that's. I think recognizing too that that's what he does yes. throughout throughout this, yes. and he really uses magic in that way to all of a sudden make us feel things and feel things about things we wouldn't have knowledge any other way, yes. because there's actually um, a part of. The when they're in Lorien and where yeah. Sam is like, I would love to see what elf magic looks like. Yeah. And they don't have an understanding of what magic is. Like Galadriel's like, I don't know what you mean by that word, <laughs> but I have this mirror and it can show you things, uh-huh. things that have been and things that are and things that may be. And it is kind of magic. Like she calls it Galadriel's magic, but it also 
underscores our fear, like, or what we should fear. Like, we see, one, we see what would tempt Sam, and that's helping people in the Shire, like, going back and helping them, taking care of the growing things there. That's where his heart's at. Um, His sometimes warring, you know, with moving forward and going back. And I love that it really, that device... But it's fascinating. It's one of my favorite yeah. scenes. I mean, also because, like, Galadriel, when she <laughs> says, like, showing the ring is like, ah! you're like, I'm afraid. Um, when she should be. Like, she's one of the most powerful characters. Absolutely. And, when, like, if it, if it came to her stretching out her hand, you get what, What's that stake? what the world would be like. And even why... I think it also does a great job of being like, why don't we give it to these powerful people? Why don't we give it to the magic users? Why don't we use, give it to the people who have this ability? And I th- Which is an important question yeah. to answer. Like, you need to know those whys. Otherwise, your readers won't follow along with you or, make, you know, it won't be believable. Um, you have to give them a reason for it. Yeah. It's the same thing with, like, a horror movie or like you know like why are they staying in the house like they need a reason right? to be stuck there yes. <laughs> otherwise you're just gonna lose your audience absolutely yeah. well and I I think I think recognizing what your reader is going to feel like yes. what what how they need the to feel gonna yeah at certain points and how you need to address those yeah. and and even take options off the board yes well, and I think it's great that he doesn't explain yes. why they're not giving the ring to these magic holders yes. necessarily. Like, <laughs> or at least doesn't go on for, you know, pages of like, well, if I give it to them, they're mm-hmm. going to be corrupted. Or, you know, like, yeah. he shows us. He shows yes. us what's, what it's going to look like and what the problem is with them doing it. Yes. And he shows them their reaction to the ring, which then shows us, you know, like what they think or believe would happen if they had it. And um, I think that's so, so much stronger. Yes. And even... I love that there's an element of sacrifice even in that moment because yes. because she does diminish like even her ability to if she has magical ability if that's you know the yes. the man word for it or the common tongue word for what she does and yes. how she keeps Lorian as it is it starts to diminish as soon as she makes that choice and I just I love those elements too that it's like there's kind of this cost yes. of doing the right thing. Yeah. Quite literally in her power. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, okay. Yay for magic systems. Yay for wizards. Yes. They're cool. <laughs> Write them. We will be here for it. Yes. Okay. Keep writing. Keep writing wizards and magic and keep reading and exploring how other people do these things because it's tricky. Magic systems are hard. Absolutely. It's hard to communicate them well and clearly, yeah. and, it's, and it's hard to write them in a way that doesn't just solve all your character's problems. Absolutely. So keep experimenting, keep reading, and keep putting your voice out in the world. 